by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White. On Facebook, Dr. Jeremy White. In Seattle, Washington, home of COVID-19. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of Lucky Mojo in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we will be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Group Workers, William Stickevers of williamstickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada. Bringing us today's topic on astrology, COVID-19, the market meltdown. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual voodooists of our time. You can learn a lot by listening, and if, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you will be on air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phone in just a moment, but let's first catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Kat? Hi, Jeremy. Uh, that was a slow introduction. We're about two verses further <laughs> into the song than we usually are. Um, you're going to have to practice time. that speed to come around those curves, kind of, you know, the way we do. But it's nice to hear your beautiful voice from lovely Washington State, home of COVID-19. Actually, you got uh, knocked off your throne. It's now New York that's yes, the yeah, home of COVID-19. And I think um, I think that both you, Jeremy, and our guest today, William Stickevers, are from New York originally. Isn't that not true? Yeah, I am. That's, that's it. Okay, so the New Yorkers <laughs> here can have a lot of emotion about it. New York has taken the title. Now, I'm not trying to be jokey. It's pretty bad out there, folks. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, California is running far in the distance, <laughs> but we've got plenty of COVID-19 here, and we're not happy either. Um, I do have some announcements to make before we start the show. Um, the Lucky Mojo shop is um, online, and we're taking orders online. The people who make the products, our lab workers, are all working from home. 
They're coming in at different hours so they don't connect or contact each other, picking up raw materials and making the products. Um, I'm still making all of the perfume oils and all of the blends and mixtures from which the products are made. I am pre-signing books. If you order a book, it'll still be signed by me, even though I haven't gone down to the shop in quite a while. They are bringing me cartons of books to sign. I let them sit for uh, days and days until they naturally decontaminate. Then I sign the books, take them back, and then they can send them out. So things are happening. But I think we have about 140 orders on the floor right now, not filled because of this uh, COVID-19. We've had intermittent ins and outs from people who've Mm. been sick with other things that turned out not to be COVID-19. You can still get the cold. You can even still get pneumonia, and it won't be COVID-19, or at least so they're saying. Um, We're a little bit um, scrambling here to try to keep everything going. But in other news, the, the birds are singing, the squirrels are happy, the chickens are laying eggs, the camellias are blooming, the first lilacs started blooming. It's springtime. Everything is fine. And the nicest thing about it, although this is a weird way to get that pleasure, the traffic on Covey Road has stopped. And it's as, oh, quiet, yeah. as mm. it, it's as quiet as it was in 1987 when I first bought this property. And uh, mm-hmm. over the years, gradually, the number of people commuting to San Francisco or the East Bay has grown, and the morning traffic is quite loud. And it doesn't feel as quiet until they all go away for the afternoon, and then they all come back home again. That doesn't happen anymore. It's just as quiet and nice, just sweet outside like it always was. A little bird sound, a little bit of squirrels barking, a little hummingbird coming to the window and gathering spider webs to line her pretty little nest. And um, So if that's the price we have to pay, I guess, for cars off the road, I enjoy it. But then I'm a strange person. <laughs> so I enjoy whatever whatever I can. However, um, how are things with you, Conjurman Ollie? Things are things are going well. I've been busy in you know doing my own thing. I'm definitely uh, I I joke that self distancing or self quarantine hasn't had that much of a a crazy effect on my life. It just gave me a valid excuse to cancel plans. <laughs> and stay indoors. So for, for those of us that are uh, introverts and who enjoy kind of studious uh, work, this has kind of been a, an interesting opportunity. Um, I was actually doing something very interesting uh, this past week. I had been p- picked up a uh, translation project that I hadn't been working on for a while. It's a fragment that talks about the different planetary spirits that are associated with uh, the various planets. Traditional astrology views the, the sort of world not in mechanistic terms, but in like a giant kingdom with kings and lords and spirits that rule over various things. Um, and this really kind of was fascinating. So the spirit that rules Mars, the, the spirit that is in Mars's domain, in traditional Arabic is known as Moharek. And Muhammad's name translates to scorching fire that makes it hard to breathe. And hmm. Muhammad happens to be the spirit of plague and disease. What people sometimes forget is that Mars traditionally ruled fevers, plagues, illnesses, etc. 
uh, back in the day. Uh, and what's fascinating is that there's, a, there's an element, of, and I wouldn't say vindication, but there's an element of going, hmm, we, I, we all warned about, the crew, the crew of us here warned about coronavirus quite early on and said, hey, this is going to be a problem. This is going to have, even if the disease itself doesn't cause that much death and even if it's dealt with eventually, this is going to have kind of big social uh, ramifications. And I remember very distinctly, <laughs> Very, all sorts of astrologers saying, well, it's not going to be that big a deal. By about March time, it's going to fizzle out. This is not a really big, don't worry about it. This is, this is whatnot. And I was sitting there going, you thought that the disease was going to uh, flutter out and disappear in March when Mars and Jupiter are in Capricorn. And now today, or this past week as I was translating, oh, look, the spirit of Mars, Mohadek, literally means scorching wind that makes it hard to breathe and rules over plagues and diseases. So there's an element of going, hmm, it was right there. It was right, right in front of everyone to see, but some people missed it. So it's been an interesting sort of week of, of looking and seeing how all these pieces fit together. And even when I'm translating, you know, text about ancient gym and spirits from the planet, it's right there in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good one. I have to say I've been finding some interesting uh, coincidences as well. There's an old song by Blind Willie Johnson called um Jesus is coming soon, but it's better known as um we done warned how God done told you Jesus coming soon and it's all about oh, the yeah. Spanish influenza. And mm-hmm. it has a it, it just goes on and on, but in the end of it cuz um, Blind Willie Johnson was a Christian uh gospel singer. And this is an original song by him. At the last verse, he says, you should read the book of Zechariah. And um, and I thought, it's interesting. I mean, I've heard this song since the 1960s. I never thought, what is in the book of Zechariah? Anyway, so I was playing this song, and I thought, I'll just go read the book of Zechariah. Just check out Zechariah 14, uh, 12, and Zechariah 14, 15. You'll love it. I mean, I'm sorry, you won't love it. Um, it is a prediction of a plague, and um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a Christian uh, a, a trope to use the Jewish, uh, you know, yes. whatever. You know what I'm saying. But anyway, no, it was very no. interesting that back in 19 and 18, Blind Willie Johnson had found this interesting verse in the book of Zechariah, memorialized it on a 78 RPM record, and it's just as good now as it ever was. Anyway, um, we're going to have to add Zechariah to our um, air webpage prophets, and uh, we don't have him listed yet. That's a shout out to Jeremy. You got to remember Zechariah chapter 14. Well, speaking of plagues, we we have with us here one of my favorite guests, um, an incredible astrologer. A man who's been with us a number of times, William Stick Evers. Welcome to the show, William. Welcome, welcome. Glad to have you back. Hey there. Thanks for having me, Kat. Thanks for having me, Conjure Man Ali. Yeah, well, well, we we love to have you here. You are a prophet. Um, should you ever be immortalized in a book of scripture, we'll write a page about you at air too. Uh, uh, I'm going to just give a little lead into this. William, for those who do not follow the show regularly, William has been on before. This epidemic, this market meltdown, this what William calls the big kaboom, the X event, has been predicted here for months now. And 
a story. Mr. Trump wasn't listening to our radio show. He could have found out a little <laughs> earlier. Um, because honestly, honestly, astrologers who know these things have known it going in. But not all mm-hmm. astrologers know about this. And um, I want to give here a shout-out to you, William, because you are a mundane astrologer. And I know I say this every time you come on. I have to define it because there's always new people listen to the show. Mundane astrology is the astrology of world events, including um, political events, market events, disease, um, natural disasters, and other large events, the forming of nations, the wars, the ending of nations, and so forth. That's mundane Mm -hmm. astrology. Natal astrology is the astrology of you. That's your horoscope and the horoscope of the seven and a half billion people, much like you, but different. And then there is horary astrology, which is astrology as a form of prediction based on casting a chart and reading it on the moment you cast it. And there are um, several other types of astrology. But, William, what you do most and best is horary as an adjunct or addition to mundane. You use mundane astrology to find the big patterns and then use horary to get quick answers like throwing down a tarot card. Is that about a right way to say it? Have I said that right? That's exactly right. Okay, well, now what we've been predicting is this, um, we're going to be having a financial crisis, but what goes along with it and kind of sparks it has been disease. And Mm. so um, when we last talked about this, if I remember correctly, um, we were talking about it in January and how this pattern was playing out with Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, you know, the whole crew, which we just mentioned, and that it was going to actually get worse and it was going to get worse on the day of the vernal equinox, which is the beginning of the new year for mm. astrologers. And and here we just had that. That was on March 19th. It came a little early this year. And here we are um, a couple of days later. And I'm just going to turn this over to William. Just take it away. Tell us what we're looking at, what's happening, what's going to happen. And let's just let you have it. Yeah, thank you, Kat. Um, Absolutely. I mean, really what we're talking about is if we just go back to January where we had Saturn and Pluto entering within a 10-degree orb of conjunction, they were culminating. And at that time, uh, we see China putting the city of Wuhan under quarantine within days of that conjunction, followed by the WHO declaring an outbreak of public health emergency of international consequence and concern. This was shortly followed uh, up when um, in in February when Jupiter entered within that 10-degree orb of Saturn where Italy began quarantining the Lombardy region of, of Italy. That was followed up by shortly thereafter, within another day or two, Italy imposing a national quarantine. Then as we get closer to the solar, to the sun ingress into Aries, which is the beginning of 2020, the astrological new year, which was the new year going back. If you go back two, 3,000 years in history, the new year traditionally started in the Western Hemisphere on March 19th, March 20th, when the sun ingressed 
because mm-hmm. all the astrological alignments at that time that are active get injected into the world stage, into the ambient, into the mm-hmm. archetypal ambient, if you will. And as we were leading up to that 2020, March 19th, March 20th, March, excuse me, March 19th, March 20th, 2020 Aries ingress, we had the culmination of that Jupiter, Saturn, Pluto, and within days of that culmination, we had the WHO, the World Health Organization, characterized COVID-19 as a pandemic. This was followed up mm-hmm. by the U.S. declaring COVID-19 outbreak a national emergency. This was followed up on the 18th, the day before the ingress, where Trump invoked wartime authority to address the coronavirus crisis. And then we had, um, then I just, during the ingress, we just saw the whole country begin to go into lockdown, and now there is talk about the country, and this is from my sources in Washington, my uh, people who work in government, bureaucracy in New York, there is a national martial law. They won't call it that, but it's a martial law plan going to be rolled out very soon through executive office power by Trump's wartime authority. So this is all coming and coming fast, and this all goes directly back to this Saturn-Pluto alignment, which we were, when I was last on the show, we were all talking about this, and mm-hmm. I commend both of you because you are, both of you are predicting this as well, and this all goes back to, uh, look, if you go back historically with Saturn-Pluto alignments, right, the mundane impact of these alignments historically is pestilence, contagious epidemic diseases that are virulent, mm-hmm. virulent, and devastating. It often correlates with large-scale worlds in military conquest. It triggers and invokes those type of geopolitical conflicts, changes in currency, bank panics, peak of hard power of established empires, coup d'etats, military takeovers, martial law, right? Uh, of course, they used different terms back in those days, the proliferation of repression and slavery, the emergence of cultural transformations as a result of the crisis, meaning people got back into God, new religions uh, began during these periods. I'm going back over 2,000 years when Saturn-Pluto was in Capricorn. Every time they conjunct it in Capricorn, we saw these themes proliferate over and over again. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. are in it. Now, you add the Jupiter factor. I'll finish up with this. When you add Jupiter, it amplifies it at a much higher level, what we saw, what we saw was the total COVID-19 cases worldwide went exponential on, I'm talking on a global scale, when Jupiter started going within orb to the Saturn-Pluto alignment in late January, early February. You could actually, the, the actual rate okay, of incline, the exponential incline correlates very closely with the acceleration of the conjunction that culminates, which is actually culminating now. And then, of course, Kanjiman Ali brings up the fact that Mars, Mars, mm-hmm. right, is traditionally also connected with pestilence and disease that kills and kills quickly. These are not right just on. Yeah. And what we're seeing now. And I think you can confirm this. Younger people are dying. They're not taking like mm-hmm. 20 days after after they are um, diagnosed to 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 um, to go into, uh, uh, in other words, an emergency state. What's happening now? Yeah. People are dying faster. They're dying mm-hmm. faster. 
within days of diagnosis, and this has to do with the Mars effect. Yeah. Where we yeah. see and, and Mars it's becoming going, more virulent, virulent and devastating. More, yes, and, and it's also, I'm going to say something else too here about Mars is always considered a disease of fevers and um, yes. because of heat. Now, we have a question from someone in the audience who happens to be our good friend, Lara Rivera, a reader, root worker at the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, and she's graced us here with her presence. And she said you were talking about Saturn-Pluto conjunctions in Capricorn, and she said, could you give a couple of date examples, because she didn't hear the January show. So just throw us a couple of years that this has happened in the past. Um, if you give me one minute here, uh, I have to pull that up, but I'll pull that up in a couple okay. minutes. While you're doing I that, I'm going to say something else, too. While you're doing that, I'm going to say something else. I was born with a Saturn-Pluto conjunction in Leo, very different energy, and it, um, as opposed to my moon. And astrologers have often told me that I might well uh, be subject to a number of life-threatening diseases because of this. It's a, it's a rather, and, and not only that, Saturn and Pluto are at the nadir, one on one side and one on the other side of the nadir, and the moon's at the midheaven. So it's not the greatest thing in the world to have on your chart. Mm. And yeah. I can testify that I have um, had uh, quite a few brushes with infectious disease. I have not had any chronic diseases. It's just this gets triggered, it gets set off, and I get mm. pneumonia. And then I get pneumonia mm-hmm. again, that kind of thing. And so this is one reason I quarantined early, because I saw that on my chart. Saturn-Pluto, not a great thing. If you have it on your chart, even if it's not in Capricorn, you just don't want to mm. do a callback to that. Okay, did mm. you find okay. that date? Yeah, so we could talk about the Saturn-Pluto alignment back at the time of Justinian, Emperor Justinian, mm-hmm. who began a massive campaign to reconquer the uh, Roman Empire, was basically... Um, was basically what, why it primarily failed. One of the major reasons uh, he could not reignite the empire was because one of the greatest pandemics of all time that killed 20 to 25% of the planet population occurred at that time of that Saturn-Pluto conjunction uh, in the 500s, in the 500s, mm. and, and that is called the Plague of Justinian. Yes. Correct. That's Mm-hmm. And it was a bubonic plague. Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, I'm looking back here on my time machine here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we also we see the great pestilence pandemic that spread from the greater Antilles into Central America. That's another one that was one of the worst that correlated with an exacerbated cooling period and drought. So cooling periods and droughts correlate with the Saturn-Pluto, and that was in uh, 1518. So we saw mm-hmm. a massive die-off effect. Yeah. On a, uh, it, I, don't, I would not say it's pandemic, but it was certainly mm-hmm. massive. In, it was continentally pande- uh, epidemic mm-hmm. in South America. Fifteen, eighteen, fifteen, fifteen, seventeen, and fifteen, eighteen is also the right. Protestant Reformation in Europe. Mm-hmm. Right, right. right. Massive, massive changes. African slave trade begins. This is this yep. is important as well. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are a couple of examples. Well, those, are, go those are some further. good examples. Thank you. That that um, that's a really. Uh, 
yeah, and there's some good things. I mean, the Protestant Reformation has some valuable parts to it. I mean, these are yeah. massive changes on a big, um, you know, uh, on a big scale. And they're not, mm-hmm. it's not all like, oh, it's mm-hmm. horrifying. Although I would say right. the Protestant Reformation was very difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people died on account of the Protestant Reformation. Um, That's right. It, I just wanted to add that the product, what led up to the Protestant Reformation and the collapse of the one church, new, one church order, Christendom, the, the, you know, the high middle age, it was the collapse of the feudal system as a result of the Saturn-Pluto alignments that correlated during the time of the bubonic plagues, right? And it was mm-hmm. the collapse of that economic order that resulted in the Protestant. The Protestant Reformation was a result or the X event that was triggered by the plague itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, right. the plague's devastating effects in Europe is credited with the bringing down of serfdom. Now, feudalism doesn't technically end. Feudalism actually continues up until the 19th century. 1850s is when we kind of we note that feudalism is over. 1790, when France formally overthrows feudalism and with the French Revolution. But what you rightly point out is that the economic system fundamentally changes because the masses and amount of debt lead to the end of serfdom. So feudalism kind of stumbles on for several hundred years. But, yeah. but well, serfdom, which is I'm the gonna, essential I'm component, stop you. is gone. I'm going to stop you right there, Ali. I know you're a historian, but people are calling in and wanting to and 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 dialing in because they want to know what the future is. We all know. See, right, right. this is uh, astrologers have a bad habit. We're always trying to prove astrology by looking at the past, which is a good thing because we can draw parallels. But when we get into it too deep, because we have again, Lara Rivera, Lara Rivera says, as a prepper and a reader, how long do you predict we are going to have food and supply shortages? So let's give that to William to answer that question. I say between now and the spring of 2021 until the time – the sun ingresses into the next Aries ingress, which it's approximately at least 12 to 18 months out. So I think we hit the trigger point where with this black swan event, right, the COVID-19, will trigger a larger X event that is really the, big, the bigger issue at, at, in terms of what I'm looking at. And I, I see it hitting high-intensity levels over the next 90 days. Something bigger is going to emerge and is going to be equivalent to, you know, we all look at the black the bubonic plague and the Black Death and the, the, the 60% die-off of Europe. But what was a bigger event was the beginning of the collapse of the feudal system, the, the geopolitical structure, the Islamic mm. Caliphate began to collapse, the Mongol Empire began to collapse, the currencies were beginning to collapse, the bank runs were beginning, blah, blah, blah. That was the bigger event. It wasn't the bubonic plague, even though, you know, from a dramatic standpoint, we, you know, we connect more to that. So I believe a bigger event is happening, and this is going to, we're going to see between now and the eclipse, if they can't reflate the markets, if Trump cannot do it, they're not going to wait for the hyperinflation to kick in. They're going to do a reset, and he doesn't want to do it before the election because he risks losing and he wants to win. That's the big issue. But here's the big thing. We are in this for the next 12 to 18 months. Okay, mm. got a question. Because you just said if they cannot write the markets by the lunar eclipse, right? Is that- the, the solar eclipse, sorry. The solar, solar eclipse. eclipse. Solar eclipse. And what is the date of that solar eclipse? June 21st. 
June mm. 21st. So you understand here now why we're talking about this is the perfect storm. These things mm-hmm. are happening on the quarters and cross-quarter dates. These are these are um, points of interest in a mundane chart because they they correspond to what we would call the perfect houses. If you're not mm-hmm. an astrologer, you don't know what I just said. Trust me on it. If you are an astrologer, you understood what I just said. These are the perfect houses, the perfect sign markers. And the solar eclipse on June 21st is like, fuck all. Okay. Mm. So what he said is if the stock market is not able to be righted, to be able to be fixed with the infusion of cash and um, and uh by the way, just a little side note, where did that cash come from? I thought we couldn't afford Medicare for all. Oops, but now we can now we can afford bank care for all banks. Interesting, isn't it? Um, and all sorry, corporations. I just, federal corporations, yes. And, and William is right. Just for those of you too young to know, the Federal <laughs> Reserve Bank is a corporation. It is not our government, correct? Correct. All right. So if they cannot write the markets by the solar eclipse on June 21st, they will have to do a reset. Now, what do you mm-hmm. mean by a reset? Well, what they'll do is they'll re- reprice, reprice gold because all the central banks are holding gold. So they all agree mm-hmm. on gold. And they will reprice everything against the debt. So they'll have to raise the price of gold to a certain level based on all the gold they have, compared to the outstanding debt in derivatives, and we're talking national debt, sovereign debt, private debt, corporate debt, every level of debt, they'll add it all up. It's over two quadrillion. They're going to have to raise the price of gold over that equivalent or slightly higher than that amount and then liquidate a majority of all the debt and then reprice all the fiat currencies against a new currency that will be backed by the central bank's which will have partial banking, partial backing by gold. So uh, this is equivalent to the Weimar meltdown. Correct. Right? On a global Uh, scale. On a global scale, yes. I'm going to just jump in here with a little thing about the Weimar collapse because my mother lived through that, and she always told a story um, when the Weimar Republic financially collapses, which was just one nation, the nation of Germany, um, the price of everything just went kept on becoming irrelevant to the paper and to the point where people literally had wheelbarrow loads full of paper currency that they would turn in. And my mother's family were well-to-do, um, financially mm. secure. They owned banks. They were lawyers. They were a very well-to-do family. They were in their summer home when the big collapse came. And my mother was given a an armload of high denomination bills to go buy a stick of butter, a pound of butter. And she had to walk down from their house across a bridge across the Isar River into the town of Bad Turls. And when she got to the river, she saw some birds on the river. And she stopped. And she watched the birds. And she thought, oh, how pretty they are. She was, you know, a child. And she thought, okay, now I'll go. And by the time she got there, the price of butter had quadrupled, and she didn't have the money to buy the butter. And she burst into tears, and she goes, if I go home, my my mother will be angry. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and she was crying, and a man came by, 
and he had a sack that and he said, Here little girl, take the money and he gave her literally armloads of money and he threw it on the counter and said, Give the girl a pound of butter and she took the butter home. <laughs> That's mm. how valueless money was when my mother was a little girl in the Weimar uh, collapse. So I know what that was, you know, it was horrifying. <laughs> Mm, Get ready for it, folks. Okay, just had to put that in there. Right. So what we're going to experience and what we have been experiencing is a dilution of the purchasing power of money as they continue to print. At the same time, we're going to see deflation. When the deflation hits a critical point where they know it's going to go into Weimar Republic hyperinflation, they they will... then invoke reset before it gets to that point. Because if, if hyperinflation on a worldwide scale occurs, it's going to be, all bets are going to be off on everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The continuity yeah. of government will in peril. Mm-hmm. What we're fundamentally seeing here, and let's just put this into to, to ter- clear terms for people. I mean, you're, 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 analysis of the markets and your analysis of finances is really spot on here. And I think it warns of something. We're really seeing the end of the old order here and the beginning of a new. In addition to everything that's going on, one of the ways that astrologers have, have always kind of timed things is through uh, Saturn and Jupiter and the conjunction there. It gives us certain cycles, 20-year cycles, 200-year cycles, 1,000, so on and so forth. What we're seeing is a transition from that Earth cycle into the air cycle. We're moving into a completely new era at the end of this year, uh, and that's significant. What we're seeing and what we're discussing here is fundamentally the end of the Reagan neoliberal order, a kind of a world in which there's one major superpower, one massive economy that is intertwined with one another, uh, a monopolar world, as historians call it. And we're now moving to a multipolar world. And these seismic changes, while scary and whatnot, often offer other types of of opportunities. For example, the robot revolution is very likely that that we've been experiencing so far is really going to come to fruition over the next few years. But it is quite interesting and fascinating to me that the the Reagan era, the rise of neoliberalism was was kind of marked with the AIDS epidemic in 1981. And now Mm -hmm. we're kind of ending the Reagan era with a coronavirus, another epidemic. So there is this sort of weird, you know, almost violent poetry here. But we are seeing the end of an order. We're seeing the end of a sort of old world and the making of a new. Now, the problem is that that transition is never fun. It's never easy to live through. And the consequences are normally borne out by ordinary people. That's the real Mm -hmm. issue here, is that the consequences are going to be felt by all of us. Great, there's this future that might be coming eventually. And there's scary stuff that leads up to it. But living through those scary stuff, it's not easy. Right, right. Now, I'm I'm going to um, put these two together because we've talked first about coronavirus and how that was pretty obvious from the charts. And now we're talking about how this chart from spring as it goes to the solar eclipse on June 21st becomes more monetary, financial, and political. Mm -hmm. And so there's a kind of a transition between these two things. And um, the term that's used is black swan event. The financial crisis would have happened, but the virus was the black swan. And and this is a term that comes out of financial theory, or you could say it comes out of the theory, you know zoological theory. In um, 
in Europe, they have white swans. They're very sacred birds. Everyone loves them. Um, when they went to um, Australia and discovered Australia, the swans there are all black. And there was this kind of like total meltdown of their minds. They were like, you can't have, a, look, we found a rare black swan. Oh, my God, there's a 100 more. Oh, there's more, there's more, there's more. So a black swan is considered to be something that everything you've known up to that moment did not prepare you for it. Now, in the case of a black swan, it's, it's benign. I mean, a few a few zoologists lost their minds briefly, but um, but what? But this COVID nineteen disease is the black swan, the unexpected thing that threw the financial panic over the edge because. It, you could not have predicted that this disease would come and that they would have to close all the shops. Is that correct, mm. uh, William? Is that a good way of saying it? Yeah, that's a perfect, perfect explanation of it. I would just add to that because I've been talking about an X event is coming. It always occurs in the second decade of every new century. We are mm. last year of the second decade. And we, if you go back all the way to the time of the sack of Rome, you will see we always have a game-changing event that changes the order, the geopolitical or world order mm. for the remaining century depend on an event that occurs in the second decade. We go back 100 years, World War I. We go back another 100 mm. years, we got the Napoleonic Wars and the U.S. and uh, England War of 1812. Yeah, we can go back 100 years and see this, and this is playing out. And it, by the way, if you correlate it, we had, uh, not, in, not in every case, but most every case, we had a black swan event that set off a geopolitical unwinding that resulted in an X event. Mm. The word unwinding there is a good one right there. I think that really captures what's going on. Well, I I agree. Um, we had a little um, uh, uh, comment here about a particular Jewish ritual that is done where um, in the face of plagues, this is, you know, just a little bit of folklore on the side. Um, the um, to, to stop a plague, it's a Jewish custom, to put up a chuppah, which is a little canopy, and marry mm-hmm. the two poorest, most disabled, you know, messed up people in the community in the presence of all the dead who died um, on account of the plague. And then the whole community gives them lavish gifts to sort of start them up. And by this act, since God should be looking down at the cemetery at all of these dead people and stuff, and then God sees the wedding and sees that all these gifts have been given, then God will be merciful to the community. And this, by the way, is not a... um, an old artifact of Judaism. It's not an old um, forgotten thing. It can be done. And there are probably people beginning to do it. It's to stop a plague. Uh, marrying the poorest and most disabled in the community, giving them mm. huge gifts, and and marrying mm. them in a cemetery. Just a little bit of folklore. Mm. So... Let's let's move onward after that. But I'm, you know, I'm willing to send a gift to anybody um, who, who's going to put on such a marriage ceremony. We've been talking about it in Facebook, a few of us. Um, the the next thing we have to ask is because there's been all of these conspiracy theories. I don't want to sound like a nutcase. This is not the Art Bell show, but however, okay. Um, 
let's just let's just say something here. There's some weird things going on, and they don't make sense. Like, why are there no cases of COVID-19 in Russia to speak of? Um, mm. Were they all pre-vaccinated, or are they all lying? Why does China now say there are no more new cases, and that the only cases they have that are um, coming in uh, are coming in from Chinese people returning to China? Mm. Um, I'm going to ask, and, I, and William, I'm not going to try to like go out too far on a limb. Let's not go all paranormal. But what does astrology tell us about that? Well, you know, or what does Pluto tell us? To a lot of different. A lot of different um, doctors, medical professionals, and I do have my contacts um, throughout the world who've been informing me. Uh, some of the, many of them have been my clients over the years. And, you know, we always get at the end of the discussion, is this not a bioweapon? Because that's what I'm seeing. And the reason I mm-hmm. state that without trying to sell, sound, you know, Art Bell about it is because mm-hmm. the evidence is compelling not only from the astrological symbolism. Remember one thing, folks. Neptune rules epidemics. Mm. Pluto rules pandemics. And in this case, we not only have a Saturn-Pluto, we have a Mars-Jupiter-Saturn-Pluto. And Mars Mm. represents deployment or weapons or war. Right? So we're looking at a bioweapon that was intentionally or unintentionally released that is going to be the trigger from, from, for some larger event that could, and I hate to say this, it could result in not only a geopolitical reset and financial reset and social reset, but in a military reset. And these are potentials there. So it is my belief, and I can't prove this, but based on my current research my mundane horary snapshots based on um, at the end of these conversations, a number of them, that this is a bioweapon. This is not the flu, bro. This is not another flu. This is not another mm-hmm. variation of influenza, or, right? right? This is something radically different. Yeah, I, I agree with, with you on this. And um, uh, Lara Rivera says, for this to be a bioweapon, shouldn't the death rate be higher? And I can answer that, Lara, no. You don't want to completely wipe out um, a population. You want to bring them to their knees, and getting them under martial law is a good first step. And you heard William predict we would be heading for martial law. We're already, my state California might as well be under martial law. New York might as well be Ohio, Washington. They're already getting to that uh, place. Um, They don't need to kill everybody to have an empty land and have a bunch of Russians or Chinese or whoever it might be go in and populate it. Um, But it's going to lead to um, resets in terms of the forms of government. And we have to be very vigilant here um, because if... Um, the form of government is changed, the War Powers Act and the martial law. This is going to fundamentally change the U.S. And already we've seen primary elections um, postponed. That's something really crazy, isn't it? And what Mm. will happen if the November election is postponed? 
let's just think about that for a moment quietly, all in each in our own way. There's some interesting problems. Meanwhile, on the other hand, there are already um, uh, one uh, congressman already has, um, you know, um, COVID-19 or test positive for the virus, quote unquote. That's the new euphemism. Um, Angela Merkel has been quarantined. There's a lot going on that we're only getting little hints of. And we may find a a very different landscape when this is all done as far as who's in power. Yeah, I think also that we're seeing already in, in very clear ways to kind of take it away from, from the martial law aspect of it, but um, we're seeing very clear changes in our political landscape already. Um, I mean, if you had told political pundits and theorists and experts that Republicans were thinking of UBI bills a week ago, they would have laughed you out of DC. No mm-hmm. way. No way they would. Have. And yet now you have, very credible proposals from Mitt Romney, from others, about UBI, universal basic income. This is something that is that's really radical in some instances, this kind of moment in which things that, that are unthinkable become thinkable, things that are oh, mm-hmm. impossible ages ago. I mean, Rashida Tlaib is now putting forth ideas of minting new coins and platinum and, and all sorts of new ways of thinking about debt and, and cash. And these are things that, again, a week ago, two weeks ago, would have been unthinkable, just impossible to conceive of, are now being conceived. So we are really living through that. We should also emphasize, I think, um, the, the gross mismanagement that plays a part in this, is that as terrifying as, as governments cracking down are, it's also important to note that governments are deeply incompetent. Uh, and they often mm-hmm. make things horribly, horribly worse. Um, and we've seen this very clearly. While while we were warning in January of, you know, that this thing is going to be real, that there's going to be consequences of it, we're going to see it over the next few months. You know, you had uh, the Trump administration having intelligence reports and dismissing them, uh, calling it a hoax in February 28. His exact words: "It's their new hoax." Um, and we said this, and one of the things that we, we mentioned in the, the actual quote, this was from last year, was to be mindful of the deceit and incompetence of courtiers and bureaucrats. That's the quote from uh, our episode from 2019. And we're seeing that play out in real time before us, the utter deception and the utter incompetence of those in power. That's what makes things worse. I mean, we're living in a moment in which it's not just that the COVID is scary, but the fact that our hospitals might be overrun, that we don't have enough ventilators. That's Mm -hmm. what makes this so much worse. That's what makes this thing into as deadly as it is. It's why places like Italy now has somewhere between 8 to 9% fatality rate and 20% for people over 70. Right? That's huge. The ordinary flu is 0.01. It's a very small amount. This thing is 10 to 20 times deadlier than the flu. Okay, I just got some news here in the chat room. Tony I, a great friend of ours and... Um, a, a fabulous um, reader and root worker, just said that he just saw the news from The Independent, which is a well-reputed newspaper in the U.K., that Harvey Weinstein has tested positive for COVID-19 in prison. Yeah. Oh, shit. Just let that one sink yeah. in for a moment. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and so um, then we also uh, have a, a lot of other stuff going on here, and I'm just going to say... 
it's not just about the U.S. government being um, yes. uh, incompetent. This is happening on all government levels. I mean, look at Italy and so yeah. forth. But I do want to say something else about um, Bernie Sanders and Andrew Yang. Um, they have apparently lost the Democratic nomination, and yet between the two of them, they proposed virtually everything that is going to be implemented, if it gets implemented, which is Medicare for all and a base income during this time period. And the question then becomes, for thinking people, if it could be done on an emergency basis, why not just do it? And instead of bailing out the banks, why not bail out the people. And I have mm. to say one more thing about Bernie Sanders, and I know William and I disagree on this, but I'm just going to say it anyway, and I, I know you're my guest, but I'm going to be very polite. Bernie Sanders is raising <laughs> money. Well, I'm going to be polite. Bernie Sanders, a compassionate man, is raising money. Basically, you can go to the Bernie Sanders um, web pages and donate to help for COVID-19. He raised $2 million, the same way he could raise $2 million from his um, voting base, he raised $2 million for COVID-19. And some of this money has to go for um, helping people directly, people who have debts that haven't yet been canceled, people who have no food. Um, We need to step up to the plate, and Bernie Sanders is stepping up to the plate on that one. Just saying. Mm. And you Yang and Yang and Sanders both, as you were, you know, at this point, you know, we're talking about not if Bernie Sanders, but how much Bernie Sanders. Yang and Sanders' <laughs> policies are the are the, the that's the debate. This debate has now been centered about well, how much of Sanders' policies should we accept? How much of Yang's policies should we accept? Not if we should accept it. We're, we're now we were like, all right, that's the framing is done. We're now asking what gradation of Sanders we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just wanted to say, too, that it would have been better for the country to have that debate between Trump, right, and Sanders. It would have been a better election, a better debate. We could have put everything on the table and really, you know, let let the voters decide. But now yeah. we're going to have a centrist, I would even say, you know, a very centrist and um, – well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to be polite about Biden. Uh, Don't bother. This, we, this is a free-for-all. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I think Biden has very deep ties to the deep state and to the oligarchical Ugh. elite. At, yeah, at, yeah, yeah. Just as deep as the Clintons do, okay? In fact, I mm-hmm. think he was the default backup. Uh, that's partly the reason he was vice president under the Obama era. And mm-hmm. I think it's unfortunately that he's going to be the nominee because he's not going to be – I mean, okay, Conjurman Ali, I do agree that many of, the, many of the platforms or elements of those platforms by Yang and Sanders will be brought into the Sanders campaign, obviously. That's, or that's into the Biden campaign. Definitive. Mm-hmm. But can Biden – yeah, into the Biden campaign, I meant. And, but will it be – Will Biden be able to articulate them effectively no. to the public? No. <laughs> no. No. But, you know, I think that seriously, unless this thing um, gets a little better, we may see – I mean, I'm not trying to take bets on it. We may see a postponement of the election at this point. And, um, and Tony I says something, too. And, I, and I, I don't want to make this a political debate. Tony I says, by the way, where has Biden disappeared to? 
Not mm. a word since this got real. And there is a question. I mean, you know, let's hope he's in good health. God bless him. Leave it at that. Um, triple threat. That's Miss Tammy Lee says. Oh, um, Tammy better, Lee. Uh, triple threat says better Biden than Trump. Well, that's her opinion. Um, it doesn't really matter at this point because whatever's happening, we don't know. I'm also going to give a little word on behalf of doctors. Um, my daughter, as some of you all know, mm. is a surgeon, and um, she um, has been passing me private communications, which I cannot actually detail because she made me promise not to. But let's just put it this way. From the standpoint of where she's at in the hospital that she's at, it's much worse than they're letting on. And I'm just going to say that and mm-hmm. let it go. They, I will tell one thing. Um, she has... No, I probably couldn't. Never mind. I'm not going to say it because she'll get mad at me. Um, it's much worse. Just okay. Just that's it. I got to say it's much worse here, than you here. thought it was. And I have the word of a doctor who's standing there watching it. And um, mm-hmm. uh, Jeremy Weiss, who is a doctor, says I can tell you firsthand. Come on into the conversation for just a moment, Jeremy Weiss, and give us the doctor's perspective for just a second. Oh, it's 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 absolutely terrifying. Um, you know, the ventilator systems that we have are all, you know, occupied. And the mm-hmm. problem is that we, you know, we have no personal protection. Uh, so they're reusing masks. We're reusing masks and being instructed to uh, put uh, hand sanitizer on masks. And that's just not, you know, it's not above board. The reason that, um, uh, medicine has such a tremendous amount of disposal and waste is is precisely to uh, uh, prevent viral spread and contamination mm-hmm. from patient to patient. That's why everything is made to be disposable. It's an unfortunate mm. environmental consequence, um, and uh, maybe there are ways of, uh, you know, limiting that. There certainly are good ways of, of limiting that. But one of the reasons that we don't transmit uh, diseases from person to person is because, you know, uh, all of the things that we use are disposable in our surgery. Right. right. I'm gonna, I guess right. I am going to jump in. Okay, so I know of a hospital um, where – um, each doctor and nurse is given one mask and told they can turn it in for another mask when it is visibly soiled. Oh, God. That's horrible. Yeah, I mean, I can't Which usually means blood from an operation. Okay, folks? So that's what's going on in right. big right. cities. That's, yeah, that's right. That is absolutely right. And vis- it doesn't have to be visibly soiled. You don't, you know, your eyes aren't microscopic. That's the problem. No, 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 no. I'm are. just telling. So, that is the rule. You get, you show up for work, you get one mask. If it's visibly soiled, you can turn it in and get one mask. That's it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that ain't right, folks. <laughs> All right, enough um, freak out on that one. Thank you, Jeremy. Because, um, and the other one is, of course, are they are doctors being allowed to um, do telemedicine? Yes. But what about the people with um, non-life-threatening elective surgeries that are painful? No, you can't mm-hmm. have one of those. Your hernia hurts? No, you may not have a hernia operation at this time. Why? No masks. Right. Well, th- this is the thing about this virus, right? It's not, it's not just that it's deadly, and this is why William, yourself, and I have been talking about the social, the political, and the economic repercussions, because the virus is, done, is laid bare 
all the problems that we have, from the shortages of medical supplies to our broken healthcare system to the way that our economy serves a certain group of people but not everyone else. Everything is being laid bare by this by this virus. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about the richest world, the richest country in the world, the richest country in the history of the world, not having enough face masks for their doctors not having mm-hmm. enough ventilators. That tells us something, right? And again, you rightly point out that this isn't just America. We're seeing this sort of globally. It's, it's revealing the flaws in our global system. But there are there is moments of like, okay, some things can work if there's a functioning system, Germany being an example of it. While Germany is going through a similar crisis, they have a much, much lower death rate than everyone else because their testing system works. They've got really high numbers of tests. That's what happens when you have a somewhat, not a perfect, but a somewhat functioning healthcare system. When you don't, then the virus exposes all those cracks, all those little this is, and You're right, and I'm going to put in a. You're right, you're right, and I'm going to put in a quick shout, shout out for Marcus Coydog Werner. If you mm. go to William's page or my page, you'll see him posting Marcus Coydog Werner. Marcus is with a K. Check him out. He is keeping up on this. But one thing that he and I and, and William and others, my, Shiva and other people, my daughter, have been talking about is when you go to the sites that like um, worldometers.info slash coronavirus or the John Hopkins site, they talk about Confirmed cases. Ignore that statistic. Confirmed cases means nothing, nothing, because if they don't test, they don't have confirmed cases. And that's why the U.S. has an artificially low number of confirmed cases. And even if you just count confirmed deaths, in many countries, those deaths will be chalked up to pneumonia and buried. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. look for look for a spike in pneumonia deaths retroactively when you go back through the year's statistics from the mm-hmm. CDC, from the Russian version of the CDC, what you're looking for is pneumonia deaths because that's how they will charge them off if they never confirmed yeah. it. You want to look at the other major statistic, which is at worldometers.info slash coronavirus, which is deaths per million population. Um, you can arrange that and look at that. There will be a few that are un, um, unrightly high because, like the Vatican, they had one case, but they don't even have a million people. Forget right. them. Just look right. at the big countries, and you will find the deaths per million is what tells the real story insofar as they're not burying those. And I believe that Russia is lying, yes. Oh, yeah, um, totally. Tammy Lee said yeah. that, and I believe it. Right. All right, so the as far thing, as when will this end, uh, Nagashiva asked, when will this end? And um, and I believe William already said it. We're looking at 12 to 18 months of this. Is that correct, William? That's correct. Okay. But we so, have not hit the trigger. The trigger we or the tipping point begins leading up to the eclipse and then within a week or two after. So the range I'm looking at is, let's say, June 15th to July 10th. Okay, June 15th to July 10th is when, when it tips to the worst, right? right? Correct. Okay. So Correct. we're not we haven't seen anything yet. Okay. Um, and then and then after that it'll it'll be solved one way or another. Um all right. Well, we do have a reading and a, a reading client who we're going to um read for. And so I'm going to turn this over to Jeremy. Bring on our reading client, will you? 
Sure. Support for this lucky for this program is provided by Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League of free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. So now we're going to go to the phones, and our first caller is June calling from area code 919. Can you hear me, June? Are you there, June? Uh Uh-oh. June Tan from New York City, are you there? Hi, can you hear me? Hello. Uh oh. Hi. Is this June? Uh, they are live, says Nagashiva. They are there, but we don't hear Hi. their voice. Can you hear me? Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, we can Hello? hear you. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, we can cool, hear cool. You. It's just my my i i my what do you call it? iPods. Yeah, that's why. Okay. okay. All right. We got them. Yeah. Okay. So sorry Here's about June. that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hello. Yeah. Fantastic. Well. June calls in and and says he's in need of new direction in life, looking for a new career move despite having visa issues. June would like advice on what to focus on and strategy to bring that about and into action. Okay. Um, Well, Mm -hmm. let's – when we do this reading – I think um, let's just go to where we are at right now in our normal schedule. Mm-hmm. And so the first reader would be Ollie, the second reader would mm-hmm. be William, and I will be the root worker advisor. So, Ollie, go take it away. Thanks, June. I mean, thanks, Kat. Uh, June, mm-hmm. can I ask you a couple of real quick questions? First, yeah, what kind of the zodiac mm-hmm. are you? Pisces. Pisces, okay. And yeah, you are ahead. looking for a new career move. What career are you in? You can just talk about the industry. You don't need to name a company or anything like that. Okay, so basically I'm from the healthcare industry. So I used to be a pharmacist. I'm doing consulting right now in the healthcare industry, yeah. Okay, and you're looking to move to a different career. Are you looking to move out of the healthcare industry? Uh, Not necessarily. Maybe another function within the healthcare industry itself. Like another group within the similar company, something like that. Or it could be Mm -hmm. like a change of industry altogether. I'm open to that. Yeah, so the reason I, I ask that is because the, the cards that come up most prominently in your reading are wands mm-hmm. cards. And wand does indicate health. Along with the cup cards, both of them indicate healthcare industry in some way, shape, or form, uh, with, with generally cups indicating doctors uh, and, and nurses, and wands representing the people who support the people that are around who can help, they're part of that industry. So the, the cards here do indicate in that direction, but there are some obstacles along the way. The first card mm-hmm. that we have is the Ace of Wands. The Ace of Wands is a good sign. It's an indication that change is a positive thing, and it's something that should be sought out. Here we have a divine hand reaching out of the clouds with a wand in their hand, a staff in their hand, and that staff is budding. This is generally mm-hmm. referred to as the Rod of Aaron or the Staff of Aaron. It is an indication mm-hmm. that uh, helping others is the good thing to do. Being a support is the right thing to do for you. It's where you'll thrive. It's where you will do the best. 
first. It will give you emotional satisfaction. It will bring you financial satisfaction as well. So this is a good omen, indication that, yes, some type of career change should be undertaken. But the state that you're currently in is not a positive state, and that is the moon. The moon is the second card, and the moon is an environmental card. It shows us a cold, distant moon looking down at two canines that are howling up at the moon. They're unable to reach it, unable to affect it. The circumstances that mm-hmm. uh, you currently are living through, and I think this past, what, 40-minute conversation that we had uh, is an indication mm-hmm. of what that in those environmental factors are. This is not mm-hmm. timing-wise. This is the wrong time. This is the wrong phase of the moon, so to speak, for you to begin. Mm-hmm. So you're given a green light in the sense of, like, the overall goal is good. Where you are right now works against you. That there are limitations in your ability to move. We see that in the case of the visa situation. There's limitations in your ability to change because of the circumstances around you. So the moon here plays as an obstacle. It plays as an obstacle keeping you from achieving your goal. And you will need to do magical work in order to overcome it. The good news is, though, that this will eventually change. The final card is what we see in the future. If the present circumstances are not ideal, the future, however, is. It is the four of wands. So we see that moving from the ace of wands to this kind of cold period of the moon to finally spring uh, and harvest. We see this kind of wonderful image. We have four stabs in the front, garland with flowers, um, two people in the back celebrating. This is usually a celebration of harvest or a celebration of marriage. And in an indication of a job, it does mean a new position. The problem is that this is many seasons away. So we are looking at this might not come around until spring of next year, which would fit with um, Williams or spring or summer of next year, which would fit with mm-hmm. Williams Stickover's timing, longer astrological timing. So we're looking a long-term period. This is not going to be resolved in the next few months. This is not going to be resolved by the end of this year. It's going to take a lot longer. But you will eventually be successful. You will need to do multiple forms of work. The four staves mm-hmm. here tell me that you probably will have to do four different types of work that will all uplift it. So this would be something about road opening, something that will deal mm-hmm. with the visa situation. Then you'll need to do some uh, work drawing situation, some type of uh, a resume work, some type of attraction work, and then something uh, around money in order to ensure that your finances remain stable. That's just a suggestion. Kat will be able to give you far more details in terms of what direction it should take. But there should be four components or four elements to the work that you do and that you will build over several months. And that is what will result in success in the future. That's what I see here. Cool. You're not in the right mm-hmm. situation right now. The circumstances are a little bit against you, but know that there is hope in the long run and that you're given a green light to start working towards manifesting that hope. I'm going to turn this over mm-hmm. to William, who's going to do your next reading, and then Kat's going to give you some sure. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Um, let me ask a question. Hi, William. So you're a pharmacist, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, like a pharmacy technician or something in that equivalent? Uh, I'm, I used to be licensed back in Singapore, where I'm from. So I came here to like do an advanced degree and decided to stay on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Because mm-hmm. I'm seeing oh, the reason I'm asking that is like, were mm-hmm. you doing some farm pharma- like 
pharmacy technician type of work where, you know... No, I, I was a practicing uh, pharmacist and I entered the pharma industry. So I did <clears throat> medical affairs and okay. I did quality mm-hmm. insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it became more like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, I mean, you certainly, this is something you could do, but you aren't exactly passionate about. But yet, so you're trying to make a lateral move in the industry and you don't feel... From what I could see, it doesn't look like you have a particular calling or path to a particular sector within the healthcare industry. Is that what we're dealing with here? Yeah, you you could say that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. No, I'm just seeing a lot of ambivalence all over the place. There's not clarity of like, this is what I want to do. I don't know the path, and I want to seek that. This is more like I really don't feel called to go in a particular path within this industry, Right. And this is mm-hmm. where um, this is where the conundrum is. It's like, you know, so so this is where obviously it's going to do it's going to require a much greater level of self discovery in this process to really understand or at least get to the bottom of what's happening here. Um, mm-hmm. Now, also, what I'm seeing too is because um, without trying to just you know I'm not going to justify the astrology. The, out here uh, for the audience, but what's, what I'm looking at here is uh, an issue where um, sort of you're at a stalemate. You're feeling afraid to act. You're reached an impasse. You're staying stuck, refusing to decide, being unwilling to rock the boat or change it up. Um, you know, you've just been staying on the fence, and that's been ongoing for, mm-hmm. for quite a bit now. So um, the real question is, is what do you really want to achieve with your life at this point? How old are you, sir? I'm 36, yeah. You're 36, so you're past the sound yeah, return. Sure. Yeah, yeah, right. So, <laughs> yeah, so you're now entering the midlife crisis starting next year when Pluto squares Pluto. Uranus will be coming into oppose your Uranus, Saturn opposes Saturn, and that all happens starting 37 to 42, 43 years of age. And that's when people often make the transition. And, and what I'm seeing here, it might be um, more than just a lateral move within healthcare, if I'm you know, correct in what I'm, what I'm looking at here. So it's really about saying, do I want to stay in this industry? And if not, what am I going to have to do to make the leap into something that find I, I'm much more passionate about that's more compelling? Because you don't really have any compelling goals. Okay? Mm. That's what I'm seeing. There's no compelling goals. Yeah. There. Yeah. Right? You could say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's okay because that's where you're at. But that's what needs to be established first. What are my compelling goals? What's going to really juice me? What's going to drive me? What what kind of significance do I want to have for myself? What do I want to contribute to the world? What's going to give me security? What's going to give me enough variation and change to keep interested and excited? Those are the questions you need to drive deep now, especially over this next 18 months, because nothing's going to happen, as Kanjiman Ali has pointed out, based on his divination. You need to dig okay. down deep, and that's the assignment here for you. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Okay. Well, this is an odd, interesting uh, reading because, um, mm. as you know, if you were listening to the show earlier, we've been talking about the healthcare industry. And, I was, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's sort of interesting that here you are um, 
presenting this problem. And um, going along with what has been said, the next 12 to 18 months. And when when Ali said, yes, there will be a, a change and a happier moment when the harvest comes, but it's not this year's harvest, it's next year's harvest. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some root work to do to um, – plan for this change. You cannot make it now. And I'm going to base this on the card of the moon, which is about cycles, time cycles, changing cycles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, many people um, operate by a solar calendar, as you know, and other uh, people operate by a lunar calendar. Uh, Jews do, Mm. Chinese people do, and and most Mm -hmm. South Asians use a lunar calendar, but know of the solar calendar and vice versa, so you're Jews. I'd like you to do a lunar calendar um, little ritual to help yourself move forward so that you don't stay stuck. So we have here the Ace of Wands, which was the hand of God with a rod that if planted in the water, uh, that little stream that's in the bottom of the picture of the card, will strike roots and grow. There's an old ruined castle all fallen apart in the background. This is the rebuilding of the castle as indicated, the the regrowth. And so the idea here is I would like you to do some work every time that a new lunar month begins I'd like you to do a little bit of work to move yourself forward. And you're going to do um, essentially um, 13 or more of these monthly moments. And what I'd like you to do at each of those moments is a little bit of idea from the new thought um, uh, idea where you're going to make, make a list of what you want to do. On this day, you're going to make it always be one month apart when the first new crescent moon is seen or at the new moon or however you like to to count it, sit down, but you want to observe the moon. So don't do it on the dark of the moon. See where you can see the moon. If it's the full moon that you do it, do it on the full moon. That's up to you. Uh, That's how you feel. But when you do this once a month, once a lunar position, I want you to sit down and I want you to write down the 13 most important pleasures of your future life that you wish to have. And then just Put that aside, and I want you to do that. If they repeat from month to month, so much the better, because at the end of 13 of this, you will see a trend. Things will come, they will go, they will fall away. With each one of these, I want you to take a coin, and it should be a a nice big round coin. I recommend if you're using American coins, use the Sacagawea um, dollar coin, but whatever coin you like, and put that Wrap that up in that little paper. Make the paper square if you can. Wrap it up, fold it up, make a little seed packet of it, and put that coin away. I want you to sleep with those coins. I want them to be between your box spring and your mattress. So every month you add another coin with the 13 things that you want the most. You don't have to compare them and look at them. I want a house. I want a marriage partner. I want two children. I want a golden retriever dog. I want an orange cat. I want to not gain weight, but to stay my normal weight for the rest of my life. I want to not inherit this inheritable disease that does run in my family. Whatever it is, your 13 things, your goals. And you put a coin with each one, and these are your wishes, and you're going to sleep on these wishes. At the end of that time, when the lock on your good fortune is over, that's 
13 lunar months or one year from now, one year next vernal equinox, we could call it, I want you to take all of those coins and those papers and unfold them and read them. I want you to look at them and see where they point you. At that point, you will know the answer. Should I stay in health care? Should I go into becoming um, a used car dealer? Whatever it was. Should I go into pure research? Should, you know, if publishing is one of the things you like, should I become a writer? Should I become an academic? If teaching, these things will show up. The 13 coins, I want you to put them in a little bag. And you can put that bag someplace safe. You can carry it on you if you like, but it's going to be a little heavy. But you can put that little bag of 13 coins in a nice little box and just put it someplace. Um, All of the papers, the 13 papers, I want you to boil them down and write one paper of of the top nine wishes. And that's what you're really going to go for after you've done this. But the 13 papers, you can burn them on charcoal and just let them fly away. Let the ash fly away. Um, Do it outdoors. And um, that is your process because you are not yet to the point where I can give you root work to do today. You see what I'm saying? Um, If you If you do that and have those 13 coins, those will be lucky for you the whole rest of your life. Anytime you have a question, a problem, something that you don't know what to do or you're confused, because Pisces do get confused because they're a mutable sign, two fishes pulling in two directions. So Pisces sometimes have trouble making decisions. Ever after, Mm -hmm. you can pick up that little bag of those 13 coins or take those 13 coins out, hold them in your hand, and you go, I can make a decision now because those will be imbued with the properties of your decision-making over the course of one lunar year. And that's the best Mm -hmm. I can say for now. I think you should call back later, and we can read for you Mm -hmm. later. But right now, the condition is too stuck because of exactly what we've been talking about. Um, You need to Mm -hmm. orient yourself and it's going to take you a while. Right now, you're needed in the healthcare sector, and don't leave. Okay. Okay. Cool. We cool. need you Makes there. Sense. All right. I hear but you. If, I hear but, you. <laughs> all righty. Uh, and I wish mm-hmm. you all the best. Stay healthy. Stay Thank good. Thank you so much, Kat. Does anybody else have anything else to add to this? Nope. Just the, the. I think a really good suggest. This is a fantastic suggestion. Uh, keep a written record uh, as ah. you're doing this work. That's all, because mm-hmm. that is where you're going to solve this. Every day, every night before you go to bed and then you wake up, maybe you're going to write down some of your dreams. This will really be where that clarification happens as William and Miss Cat are talking about that kind of, okay, this is the re- direction I need to go. So keep a very clear record of when you're doing this type of work, the type of impressions you get, the feelings you get, the signs, the omens, the dreams, all of that stuff. Keep it written down so that you can check back every month or so, every couple of weeks, this will help with that process of clarification. Okay, and mm-hmm. I have one more question. Are you married? No, I'm not. You're not. Well, that Four of Wands says that marriage may change a lot for you. Mm, love, love and marriage, um, because the Four of Wands, besides being a happy harvest, is also a wedding ceremony. And oh. um, that... And, yeah, so you might consider marriage mm-hmm. as something to work towards. It's going to change everything for you. Okay? All right. Well, <laughs> that was a very interesting um, question and some unusual readings, I have to say. Thank you so much, both of you. Um, we're going to uh, turn this over 
to our network schedule announcement robotic team that brings us electronically focused impulses from the world of audiophonics. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with William Stickovers of williamstickovers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada. Take it away, William. Thank you, thank you. So we're going to discuss today the wealth and protection jaw spell during uncertain times. So it's a hoodoo spell that will help protect you and galvanize this upcoming astrological new year that we're in to protect you and to achieve your goals. What you're going to need is, one, a glass jar with metal screw, a metal screw on top with a top lid. Uh, two, a protection oil. Three, Jupiter oil. Four, Saturn oil. Uh, five, um, Ace of Diamonds playing card. Six, Five Finger Grass. Seven, Bay Leaves. Eight, Gravel Root. Um, nine, Alfalfa. Uh, I don't know where I'm up to. Ten or eleven, Deer's Tongue. Followed by Basil, Cinnamon, and Red Thread. First, cleanse your jaw properly and wash it and wipe it out with a little Florida water. Next, to protect yourself and your money, your cash flow, your investments, your security, and overall life circumstances from uncertain times that we are now in, get an ace of diamonds from a new deck of cards, some Jupiter oil, Saturn oil. Uh, You could also include your personal sun sign oil, for example, Aries oil, if you like, a small lodestone, magnetic sand, a red-colored thread on Thursday at 11.30 a.m. As the hands of the clock are rising toward noon, take the Ace of Diamonds right across at its top, protection and success on both both sides of the edges of the card. Then dress the card with Jupiter oil, Saturn oil, and if you would like the sun sign oil, and then uh, dress it with a five-spot using, using the center of the diamond as the center of the five-spot. So using a five-spot dotting it with a five-spot using the center as a diamond. The, excuse me. The diamond is the center of the card. Then place the card with the lodestone, the ace of diamonds, in the center of the card. Dress the lodestone with magnetic sand and drop and a drop of protection oil on it, and then bind the card and lodestone by circling them with the thread over and over, tying the thread off with seven knots. Then place the ace of diamonds into the glass jar and add to the jar the following. 
five-finger grasp to give you success in all your activities that the five finger that the five fingers can perform bay leaf for general protection basil to protect the home and family gravel root to give you control over your job situation or life situation cinnamon to rapidly attract good luck and money alfalfa to protect from financial troubles and to attract steady work and deer's tongue which grants eloquence and convincing speech in all matters of business then close the jar and shake it while reciting Daniel 3, 4, Daniel 4, 3, 34. My kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and my dominion endureth from age to age. Pause, then shake the jar again while reciting Exodus 12, 13. Now the blood shall be assigned from you on the houses which you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Pause again, then shake the jar again while reciting Zechariah 2.5. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Finally, shake the jar one last time, envisioning protection, security, unexpected good fortune, then close the ritual reciting the 23rd Psalm. Every day for the next 30 days, shake the jar and recite the 23rd Psalm and envisioning while you're shaking it that you are not only protected but are thriving and experiencing good fortune stability during this uncertain period of crisis. After 30 days, shake it three times a week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday throughout the period of uncertainty until the crisis officially ends. And keep in mind that during this period, you should add to the jar over time your petitions, your goals, your cards, your picks, a people that can help or mentor you, logos or companies that you want to work for, or add talismans or, any, or add anointed money or anything. Remember, as you add something to the jar, shake it up, fall out for your protection, stability, success, good fortune with confidence, knowing that it is already on its way. The more you work with it, the more successful, the more protected, and the more you will not only survive but thrive during this period. Wow. That's a fantastic spell. Um, mm, I, have, I love it. I, I love that. I, it's so good. I have only one thing I'm going to add. You mentioned red thread, and people are going to ask, how much red thread? And I'm just going to give an old tip, an old trick that I learned from um, an old lady in Chicago um, she said if it's if you're making a packet and you want to wrap it and it's big and irregular, just buy a regular spool of dressmaker's cotton thread, right? And if it's a smaller packet, buy a smaller, you know, like a what we used to call a 10 cent, <laughs> small, small spool of thread. And if it's really small, just buy a bobbin worth, which is like a little uh, flat one like you use for um, uh, travelers and things like that. Use the entire spool. Don't even bother, where am I going to cut this thread? Just wrap it with a spool of thread. Go from the beginning to the end and then tie it with your knots because that way you know you've covered it and it, and you've actually transferred um, a complete length of thread. That's the only change I would make is to use a complete spool or bobbin of thread. So, um, and yes, and what was mentioned here, um, beginning to end without cutting it, Okay. Mm. Um, 
All right. What a what a fantastic spell that is. And I liked also the uh, fact that you were emptying, um, excuse me, not emptying, but opening the jar and putting new things in it. Uh, this is something it's I'm very asked dynamic. often. Yeah, it's a dynamic spell. I'm asked this often. In fact, just yesterday a client asked me, well, if I make a honey jar, can I open it and put something new in? Yes, you can. Um, sometime around, I don't know, 2015 or something, some idiot got on the Internet and said that jar spells are like mojos and they must never be seen and you must never open them. But not even knowing, of course, that nation sacks are a kind of mojo that you can open. And, um, you know, so don't don't listen to the to the BS on the Internet. Yes, jar spells can be opened. They can be worked. And you are um, you are fixing this thing up as you go. All right. Well, we're going to uh, turn this over to Jeremy, whom we hope will talk real fast, and uh, then we'll all come back and say goodbye. All right, here you go, Jeremy. Well, thank you, Miss Cat, and thank you, Conjurman Ollie, and thank you, special guest William Stickevers of williamstickevers.com in Las Vegas, Nevada, for being our special guest this week. We invite you uh, to join us again at the same time uh, next week. When our, I'm not sure who our special guest is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll just say a special guest to be announced. Special guest to be announced. Oh, it's Miss Michael. Uh, we Ms. just Mike. got it in the chat room. Miss Michael of hoodoofoundry.com. Excellent. Once again, we've come to another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And you can find Conjurman Ali and at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California, and Miss Cat at luckymojo.com in uh, Forestville, California. I'm your guest announcer, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, joining you from Seattle, Washington. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific. 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in the archives via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. From all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again when we hear at the same time when you will be invited to hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz again. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And we still have part of a verse left. All right, guys. Uh, Stay safe, everybody. Stay stay quarantined. Do your best. Be friendly with others. And um, by by all means, stay online and stay in touch. You can find us all through Facebook and through our websites, Twitter, Instagram, and so forth. We're all here for you. Don't be lonely. Stay in touch. Good night. I didn't do it. <laughs> Goodbye. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye.